Welcome back to the Brown Builders Lab podcast. We're at episode 123 and we've got something a little bit different today for you. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brand Builders Love podcast. It's awesome to have you here as always. And today we're doing something a little bit different. So a while ago, I decided that I just wanted to have some conversations over coffee with some of my biz mates. And so I started doing that on my business Facebook page, which is Suze Chadwick. Everything is Suze Chadwick, if you want to go check it out. And I'm going to be doing these weekly if I can. Uh, and yeah, just listening to other people's stories, grabbing a coffee, having a chat. And so after I did the building your money confidence or building my money confidence episode, I really wanted to continue the conversation. And so I asked Fee from Peach Business and Emily Osmond to grab a coffee and have a chat with me on my Facebook page a couple of weeks ago now and just wanted to find out their money stories, how they got to where they are, what some of their barriers were. And uh, and so it was such a good conversation that I just obviously had to share it with you because I want to share all the good stuff with you. So that's what today's episode is. So you may hear me kind of say hi to people because there will be people that commented on the Facebook Live as we were in it. But, um, but the majority is us chatting with each other. And there's just so many good tips and insights and stuff in this episode. And so, yeah, I just want to keep this conversation going because so many people sent me messages after I shared my money stories and some of the things I really struggled with. And I truly believe that we as women in business need to be open about talking about money, what's worked for us, what hasn't, making ourselves aware of our money mindset, understanding, you know, how to shift through things like scarcity, etc. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. So I hope that you really enjoy this conversation because I sure did. And make sure that you go and check out my Facebook page and like it so that when we do more coffees and conversations that you can come and hang out and have a chat with us as well. But listen, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Em. Oh, it's great to see you. I know. So nice. So nice. Um, thanks for hanging out and having coffee and conversation this morning. I would do this any day of the week with you, <laughs> Every morning, I would, I'd be down for that. <laughs> oh, so good. You know something I was thinking, um, I was thinking a while ago, like, I got on a conversation with some people a while ago and I just thought such a nice way to start the morning. Like it's nothing, it's not like where I've got a structured business conversation or anything. Like I'm like, I'm just showing up and I'm saying hi and we're having a bit of a chat about stuff that is interesting and that sort of thing. So I put out a podcast last week, which was all about really about building confidence or building um, money confidence and I shared some of my stories and I had such an amazing response, so many messages. 
um, about people that were fat bankers. Yeah, I love that expression. I was like, oh, God, is that me? <laughs> well, I did explain for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast yet. Uh, the podcast we were just talking about in BBA that mm. sometimes we hoard money and we don't pay ourselves. We just watch our bank account go up. And so we kind of said it was a fat bank account. And then the more people that said, I do that as well, I do that as well. I'm like, we're all fat bankers. Um, so that's where it came from. Obviously not being sizest. It was about no. our, the size yeah. of the money in our bank account. Like then there's the opposite people that as soon as they get money, they have to get rid of it. They have to spend it. Yes. I feel like I went through that maybe at the beginning of my business mm. where money was just coming in and I was like, I've got it. I'm spending yeah. it, spending it, spending it. Yeah. And then I maybe flipped. So what's been your money journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I, I was actually writing this down the other day a little bit and going into it. And if I go like all the way back, so my, my dad passed away when I was 13. And so my mum was basically widowed. She had three of us girls, 15, 13, 11. Wow. 10, I think we had, we'd moved to Australia. We'd been here for like three months, moved from England to Australia. And so my, my mum wasn't working and she'd, only, she'd kind of only worked casual or part-time while we were growing up. And my dad was the breadwinner. And my dad actually, yeah, anyway, so he was, he was the breadwinner. And when he passed away, it was actually, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really big tragedy. And in my head, I just was so worried about how on earth are we going to have enough money as a family? Because, like, my mum wasn't working and we had just moved to this new country. Wow. And so I look back now and I can realise some of my behaviours and some of my habits had come from there. So we would go out, like mum and us three girls for a coffee or, or something like that, and I would say, oh, I'll just have a glass of water because I didn't want to spend. Her, my like I didn't want her to run out of money. And so I think I've always been pretty frugal in a really good way. Like so I know that that was kind of me growing up and I didn't want to ask, I didn't want to take. Um then when I started earning, I was really good at saving. And the funny thing is, like, my mom is a really big traveler and us girls have all grown up being, like, pretty avid travelers. And so then I, for, like, a long time, and I probably still do it a little bit now, not as much, but I would see money as holidays. And so I'd be like, right, I've got this much in my bank account. That'll be for that trip I want to do. And so I used to think like that. Then when I got into my own business, I started thinking of my clients as so this is this is where things didn't really weren't that positive was I would put together an invoice and they were all small business owners and I would think oh crap that's like their next family holiday and now I'm going to take that money away from them oh wow okay and so would you send, like, would you just be resistant to sending the invoice or would you just feel bad when you sent it? Like what kind of, what manifested out of that? Oh, so much. Definitely. And I also, I was thinking as well, and I know a little bit of where that came from too, was one of the very first kind of conversations I had when I went out on my own, I sent out a quote and I remember the guy saying, oh, well, we're a small business owner and we really look after our 
our clients and we don't charge them too much. So I just think that's like too much to be charging. And so again, I was just like, oh crap, like I'm taking money from other people. Wow. And it, it, and it's still something I have to work really, really hard on, but I've got, I've just come such a long way, but definitely the idea that I'm, when I like charge, it's taking money from other people. And so how that manifested would be like, sometimes I would send refunds to clients or just, I'd give them some money back. So I remember doing a website design and I was like, oh, that was so easy. Like, oh, I feel really bad. I'm just going to send her some money back. Oh my God. And what would they say? Well, they, they would love it. They'll be like, oh, great, thanks. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I think that is something that um, a lot of people do struggle with is that when it becomes really easy for you mm-hmm. and when it's something that you can do in like five minutes, it's like, well, I can't charge this much for something that I love doing and that is so easy for me. Um, and I remember Chris Doe, who's a branding uh, guy who I love, he's a designer. Um, he says, you know, you don't pay me $10,000 for the logo that took me two hours to create. You're paying me for the 20 years of experience that I have to create a, an incredible logo that's high quality and that will stand the test of time um, for the next 30 years that you've got a business. And he just said that you've just got to really take a look at like what value am I bringing rather than how much time did this take me? Definitely. And so I remember, I can't remember who said it, but I was having the conversation to a business friend and I I had said to them, look, I just have this, I really feel bad about, because it was this, and I remember this particular client and it was this family business. They were beautiful. They were like, just, I adored them. And I just, I was sending this invoice and I'm just like, oh God, I just feel like I'm taking their their next family holiday money. And she said to me, Emily, you are allowing them to go on so many more holidays from what you were allowing their business to now do. And so that's kind of how I've changed my thinking is that, hang on, I'm not taking anyone's money. First of all, it's their choice that they want to spend it. And that is really, really exciting for them. And also, like you said, Suze, it's kind of what is the value that they are getting from that? And so it's like, well, hang on a minute, this is going to like help them bring more money into their business. Yeah. And they can do what they want with it if they want to go on holiday or whatever it is. But yeah, um, because the other thing is their values may not be your values. Like they may not be saving up for a holiday. They yeah. might be saving for a renovation <laughs> or just saving or whatever. But I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so have you had any other things like money breakthroughs since mm. having a business where you're like, that thing really helped me to change the way I feel about it. Because I know that you said a while ago, and I can't remember whether you said it on stories or you said it just us, where you're like, I'm really enjoying the selling process now. Like where's that switch come from? So I don't know if it was one thing. I know my partner Coden is like such such a great kind of, help for me in a way like we're totally different personalities same values but just different personalities and so I think he's been a bit of an influence for me because also the thing was I just put my head in the sand when it came to money I just didn't want to I didn't want to look at my business money and I just felt really like I'm not good at maths I'm not good at money I'm the humanities girl I'm good at English Um, so I just I didn't know my numbers and I felt really like anxious and uncomfortable and just all of that when it came to money and so that was 
hard for me and Coden because he's like, right, what are your numbers? And he's like, like I said, complete opposite to me. Um, so anyway, I had to come through that. And then when I started knowing my numbers and, and so it's been a combination of things like knowing my numbers, knowing like, and then I get like competitive with just myself. It's like, okay, like how much yeah. more can I do? What else can I do here? Knowing, seeing the results that my clients get has been a big thing because it kind yeah. of like, it's like low in confidence, like, is this working? Is this good? And then when you start seeing their results, it's like, okay, what is I worried about? This is great. And yeah. then also for them, it's just such an exciting thing. So when you, when now when I'm in the sales mode, basically just having a conversation with someone, I no longer feel like, oh, like I'm going to feel really bad if they say yes, because now I'm taking their money. It's like, I'm so excited for them. Like this is yes. so they put in the work. This is going to change things for them. And so that's yeah. why I love selling now because it's like, hey, and the thing is like when people reach out to me about my program, normally it's because they want to join. And yeah. so then it's just, uh, <laughs> love that comment. <laughs> I've got a scientist husband as well. And yes, I was the one who did business at school and marketing and yes, not, not like science and numbers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so you're saying when people join now, it's like, you know, that you're going to get them these amazing results. But also when people reach out and say, Hey, I'm just wanting to know, like, is this the right fit for me? Or is this going to work for me? Like, I know that they actually want to join, but they just they just want almost that little bit of reassurance. Right, yeah. so it's fun. It's just it's like yes, this is going to be amazing. Here's some examples. Like it's just it's just like such a fun, exciting, positive experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you do go through that process in your business as well, where you're in build mode, and yeah. you know that what you're building is good, but in, but you are waiting for those results to come yeah. through, or that you know. And I think that that's totally normal. And I'm mm. the same. Like you're you're like that with your program, the Modern Marketing Collective, mm. and I'm like that with BBA. And when you can see the results, you know that what you charge yeah. is a drop in the ocean <laughs> compared with what they're about to go and do now that they have the knowledge and the community and the support to be able to do that as well. So, you know, I, I always say to my BBA ladies, like, they're like, Suze, this is cheap. But when, but before somebody buys, yeah. it's like, they feel like it's a big financial decision. And then when they're in, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, so amazing. So yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's such an interesting one, isn't it? And it's like that fear, and I think it's three different fears. It's like whether they believe in the program, whether they believe in like us, and then yep. the one is like also whether they believe in themselves. Yes. And so it's kind of that combination of things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not that we're, you know, we're just carrying all of this, aren't we? It's like, do you believe in me? Do you believe in you? Do you believe in the program? Like, that's a lot. Like, some big expectations as well, isn't it? Um, I love it. Melissa's just got, uh, I'm in both groups, so should be killing it right now. <laughs> and Melissa, you absolutely are. You're on your way, ladies. So, yeah, so good. Well, I'm just conscious of the time, Em. I know that you've got to jump on another call at 9.15. So um, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Anything else that you kind of think, you know, something, if you're struggling with your money stories or money beliefs, is there anything yeah. that you kind of think that's really helped me? I think that, God, there's, there's, there is just so many little things. One yeah. of my favourite, like something that I do every single day is I track my income. 
And that's something that I learned from our mutual friend, Denise. Yes. And so in my, it's just in my phone. It's not even in a special app, just in the notes section of my phone. I just write in there every day what I bring in. And for me, that helped me to face up to knowing the numbers in my business and to to know kind of what my goals are and what my targets are and to kind of have that um, accountability to almost be looking at how I'm going and just seeing that coming in. And so I just found it's so simple, but it's been really powerful for me. So yeah, if anyone's not doing that and wants to give it a go, it could be could be really, really helpful and interesting for them as well. Yeah, I am obsessed with my zero. I go in there like every day because normally there's something new and I'm such a gamified person where I'm like, yeah. okay, like let's reconcile today. Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah, and I love seeing that. And obviously all the balances are in there and invoices yeah. that are, you know, to come. And I think it's just, I think when you start to know the numbers, you fall in mm. love with like what that means for you, your clients, your business, your growth, all the rest of it as well. And, so and the thing is it becomes like beyond the money. It's just like, yeah, totally. it's like kind of this fun game. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So good. Well, Em, thanks so much for hanging out for a bit and coming to talk money with us. See you this time tomorrow. Yeah, sure. We'll see you guys again. <laughs> I'm trying to do it like once a week. So you're I welcome back for coffee and coffee. I'm still waiting for my husband to bring me in my coffee. Uh, can't get good help these days. <laughs> So well, thanks for having me. I love chatting with you. And, oh, uh, my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. And so, for those who are watching, where can they come find you? And where do you hang out the most? I'm on Instagram at Emily Osman. That's my name. Got the podcast, uh, the Emily Osman Show. So, yeah, either of those. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thanks, Em. We will see you a bit later. Thanks, everyone. Great to be here. See you soon. Bye. Bye. So good. So we got M, and now I've got Faye Johnson from Peach Business jumping in. Look at me. I'm bringing all the good stuff to you this morning. Have you got a coffee? Make sure that you've got a coffee. Good morning, Faye. Hi. <laughs> I got you just as you were uh, just as you were grabbing your coffee. Morning, Beck. Morning, everybody. So nice to see you. Hey, Grace. Good to see you too. Hi, everybody. How you doing, okay. Faye? I'm well. I'm I'm sitting in sunshine, but it kind of looks like I'm a robot right now. But that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> There's no better place to be yeah. than sitting in sunshine. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to uh, see. Well, sort of sunshine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How are you, Sue? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm good. I did a really late night summit last night. It probably wasn't that oh. late. I'm just a real early bird. Like mm. I'm such a creature of habit. I'm like, if I'm not in bed by 10 o'clock yeah. and then I have like proper eight hours sleep and stuff. So I got to bed, I think about half past 11, quarter to 12, and then I couldn't get to sleep. So it was like 1.30 this morning. I was like wide awake. Yeah, I hate um, that. I was on a US summit. But it was, uh, um, yeah, but it was good. It was I good. I feel like there's, there's sleep buses that come and I reckon one goes at about 11 p.m. and it doesn't come again until maybe 2, don't you reckon? <laughs> the sleep bus <laughs> I've yeah. not heard of the sleep bus before but yeah. thanks yeah that's really interesting so good yeah. um and so so funny so I did a podcast last week all about building um I've heard it it was great money confidence and I shared some of my stories mm. um ones that I'm proud of and ones that I'm not proud of but all of them make you know make the story yeah thank you barista coffee um, <laughs> so, Jesus. 
So I wanted to, I thought I really want to extend the conversation and keep talking about these things. And obviously mm. you are my new money friend because you <laughs> helped out in BBA and gave my ladies so much incredible information. But you know what? I actually just wanted to have a chat with you about your money journey. Mm. Like so for those who don't know you, give us a little bit of background because obviously you are the numbers queen. Yeah. Uh, were you always the numbers queen? Yeah. So look, I'm a chartered accountant, and I've done, I've worked with small and medium business for 20 years. So I've always had numbers as part of my foundation. And for the last 10 years, I've been running my business, Peach Business Management, and I work with purpose-led business owners. With um, we do things like business plans and forecasts, and I do business mentoring and um, and run workshops. So, yeah, you would think that I would have a pretty clean slate for a money story, but that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I have reflected on. You, it's hard to notice at the time that you're in a money, that you know, that you're going through a money block or that what's happening at the time isn't working. It sort of takes a little while, I think, to kind of understand it. And I, what I, um, before I started my business, I did some freelancing and, I look back on this time where I worked with this incredible um, venture capitalist firm that had all of these projects and they were paying me such a high hourly rate that I actually didn't work that many hours. Mm. And I know it sounds completely bonkers, but I think what I had done is I had sort of put this invisible income cap on myself yeah. And because my hourly rate at, with them at the time was more than I'd ever earned before, I did this weird self-sabotage thing where I actually just didn't work as many hours as I could have because I was somehow afraid of earning the sort of money that I could have earned. It um, would be too much. Yeah. And it's only on reflection that I realised that that's what I was doing. Mm. Um, and I had another money... Um, a money block which I was able to move maybe three or four years ago. <clears throat> I was doing a workshop with a gorgeous woman called Nicole Lorden and she has this workshop she does called Money and Consciousness and it's such a brilliant workshop for kind of unpacking what's underneath. And I realised that there was this sentence that I kept saying which was, I'm always working but I'm still broke. Okay. And I had said that sentence so many times in the previous maybe three years Yeah, that it was only when I was actually able to hear myself saying it that I thought, where does that come from? Was that and, just like like you just say it in conversation? Yeah, like I wouldn't like say it. You're like, I'm mind, always working but, yeah. but I'm always broke. It's that just one. like, yeah. Yeah. And um, I had a, a co-worker that was renting a space from me at my office at the time and I said to her, do I say that all the time? And she said, yeah. And I thought, wow, I really need to unpack this. And it went back to something that had happened in my childhood, which was that my parents were both real estate agents at that time. And back then there was no salary. It was 100% commission, commission only. Yeah. And so my parents at certain times of our lives were working like absolute dogs, working seven days a week. But if the market wasn't performing, neither of them was earning an income. So this sentence of I'm always working but somehow there still isn't money 
had actually come from this sort of deep place as a child. And, um, yeah, I spoke to my mum about it and she said, you know, it's not like it was like that all the time in our house, just at certain periods of our lives. And the behaviours that I was doing that um, supported that uh, money belief was I was over-servicing and I was undercharging and I was over-delivering. And, and I think I see that play out for my clients all the time, this idea that um, it can come from very different places. So for some people it comes from a low self-esteem. For mm. others it can come from, um, you know, uh, a sort of deep anxiety about money and sort of just not being, being afraid of having money. Um, but this, this, the behaviours that I see over and over and I experience them as a witness of my, you know, to my own behaviours was, yeah, that thing of working so hard to deliver a project for a client and then feeling like I needed to write off some of the hours because it took so long I couldn't possibly charge for all those hours. Those sorts mm. of behaviours set me in a kind of money story that was, um, yeah, I was working all the time and I certainly wasn't broke, but I just wasn't quite earning the amount of money that I wanted to earn. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting. I think that, you know something, because we, our parents or a lot of the people, you know, our parents are, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s mm. now. Like, I mean, my my husband's parents are in their 80s, about to turn 90. Mm. It's just such a different era and such a different way of thinking about money. And I think that sometimes we don't understand that we carry. Mm. We carry some of those stories with us. It was really interesting. I saw a post yesterday actually on Instagram and it was an African woman on a bicycle with a kid mm. in the front, two kids on the back, a massive bowl on her head um riding and it said if if um what was it it was like if hard work resulted in becoming a millionaire mm. then every woman in africa would mm. be worth billions by now or something like yeah. that yeah and it's this and it's this idea that the more we work the harder we work the more we do mm. then it's i don't know if it validates us to earn that money i'm not sure like mm. i'm not sure but it's mm. just really interesting and i think that sometimes that money story comes with us it into our lives does. yeah yeah i even met a lady once that had a money story that was quite um counter to anything i'd experienced before so her parents had come to Australia as migrants and they had worked their rings off over, you know, 30, 40 years to build this really successful business kind of empire and they would not spend a cent on themselves or their family or they, they just, you know, they were in that sort of fat, fat banker mode as you've talked about. And this lady that I was talking to was their daughter and she found it incredibly frustrating because her family was actually really wealthy but they were living as though they weren't and she wanted to enjoy the fruits of her parents and her labor and she wanted her parents to enjoy the fruits of their labor and so it sort of caused this really um, difficult rift in the family that she wanted to help them kind of enjoy what they created but because they'd come from this background of the hardworking migrant who, you know, had to, you know, started with nothing and got to here, it was really difficult for them to um, kind of let that go and enjoy themselves. Yeah, so mm. interesting as well, isn't it? Because I think that 
And I think this is where the work comes in as well. Like even when I was talking to Emily about it, it's like you can only start to change your money stories when you start to understand what they are. And I think that a lot of people will totally go through life Mm. where they will just be how they are and they won't change it because they won't either recognise it, they don't know Mm. that it's a thing. So, Mm. you know, I always talk about when we talk about content, it's like people who are unaware of the problem. Mm. So I didn't even like I didn't even know that there was a thing like mm. money mindset before I came yeah. into my own business. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really interesting, isn't it? I think that you've got to do that work um as well. Like when did you was it when you did that workshop that you started to understand mm. money beliefs or money stories? Yeah. Like when was it for you? I think I'd always known that there was a okay. Like I could not necessarily just for myself, but, you know, I've done this work for 20 years now working in the money space and I knew I, I knew that different people that I worked with had different approaches to money and I, I knew that, um, you know, there was a kind of method to it, but I didn't necessarily understand what it was. And, yeah, the n- workshop I did with Nicole was probably four, maybe five years ago. And that was the first time I'd actually had this kind of click of, okay, oh, I'm, really, wow. I'm really picking up what Nicole is saying here. And, um, and then I was able to sort of feed that through my work and the work that I do with my clients. And I think of it like this, Sue. So if you are trying to run a marathon <clears throat> or lose some weight or build muscle or do anything in, health, in the health and wellbeing space, you cannot achieve it without a mindset shift. So if you've been sitting on the couch every night of your life for 10 years and then all of a sudden you think I'm going to run a marathon in six months, you have to have a mindset shift in order to be able to get through the really hard work that it's going to take you to get from the couch to the marathon. And I think it's the same approach with money and finance, isn't it, that if there's something that's happening in your mindset, that is limiting you, how are you ever going to be able to, um, you know, create abundance in that part of your life? It's it's almost impossible. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's so interesting. So when you say like only four or five years ago, I mean, I know obviously like I know Denise, um, I joined Money Boot Camp I think about five years ago now. It's been a mm. while. Yeah. But do you think, I think it's, is it, is it a new concept? Like would you say that it's been for the last five, eight, ten years or do you think I don't that people think have it's been a talking new, about this? Yeah. I, don't I mean awareness of it. Aware, yeah, I think the no. awareness is building. And I think having people like Denise out there talking about money mindset and the money blocks that as, as she sort of categorises them, I think, um, you know, when you look back through the kind of personal development, um, you know, landscape, there's books about this that go back decades and decades. I think, um, I think what's happened is, and this has happened with lots of kind of alternative and fringe ideas in the last yeah. few decades, is that the ideas that have lived on the fringe are starting to become more mainstream. So the concept of manifesting, like I see starting a business as literally the epitome of manifestation. Okay. Whether you're a cosmic, you know, someone who believes in the cosmic world or not, it doesn't matter what words you you use. But when you sit there and you think, I want to start a business, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do these things, and then at some point it becomes real in the world 
that is manifestation. Mm. And I think those those concepts of manifesting and, you know, um, the law of attraction, all of those sorts of concepts are coming closer to uh, the sort of centre of business. And I think money mindset and confidence is something that comes with that. But the, the thing that I like about how Denise uh, phrases things, and I haven't done Money Boot Camp, but I have read a few of her books, um, I like that she, you know, she doesn't, um, she doesn't just talk about the law of attraction as though you sit there and say, ah, tomorrow I'm going to have a million dollars in my bank account. Um, she actually has action that comes with that because, as yeah. we all know, if you don't take action, things don't usually just fall in your lap. <laughs> usually things that come to you come to you because you have created the opportunity and you have believed that it could come. Yeah. And I think that's what money mindset is essentially, isn't it? It's, you know, understanding what you what you actually desire yeah. and then taking the actions to to make, to it, make happen. it happen. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now, guys, um, if you've got any questions, you can drop them in the chat. I asked a question and I see Nikki just said, so true, Fee, taking the leap mm. of faith to start your business is total manifestation. I love that. And then Kathy was just saying fierce and scarcity is uncomfortable. And it's really interesting because that mm. whole scarcity mindset, um, we were talking about this in BBA last week as well. And one of um, my gorgeous peeps was saying, how, <laughs> how do I get out of a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And for me, I felt like it was such a journey that I didn't really know how to answer the question because I just mm. feel like it's actually work that you've got to do. It's not like you go, mm. so if you just go and do this, yeah. then you'll no longer be in a scarcity mindset. Yeah. I think that you've got to change a number of habits and the way that you do things and the and then and then it'll shift the way you see things mm. um, as well. Like what are your thoughts on scarcity mindset? Yeah, I think scarcity mindset, particularly now that we're in this kind of shifting world yeah. in, in the COVID world, scarcity mindset is, um, I, I imagine that there are lots of people feeling a scarcity mindset that don't usually feel that way because there's a lot kind of closing in and, you know, that sort of feeling that there is an abundance. So yeah. I think that um, changing your scarcity um, mindset is about habits. So, you know, whether that's mantras um, and I think mantras are helpful when you do them often. So, for example, if you say, well, every time I clean my teeth, I'm going to say, you know, um, I trust my intuition to set my prices, for example. Mm. Um, and saying that every time you um, brush your teeth is going to be much more powerful than saying it once and then leaving it. I think also being around people who have an abundant mindset is, is helpful. And if you can't find somebody around you that has an abundant mindset, then you be that for others. Mm. And perhaps for some people, I know for me, I find it easier to feel like every business that I work with, I just see so much opportunity. It's like they're talking to me and I'm just seeing opportunity, 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 just like flying out of their mouth. But I'm not sure I feel that way about myself. So perhaps one way of practising going from scarcity to abundance would be to be that for somebody else. So mm -hmm. how could I be that for one of my friends or how could I be that for my mum or my auntie or my sister? And practising seeing abundance for others may be a helpful tool or vehicle towards seeing abundance for yourself. 
I love that, Faye. That's so mm. good. That's just so you know that's going to become a quote card. Um, Do it. <laughs> love it. I probably didn't one. even make it up. I don't know where things come from in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> So good. I love it. No, that that's so important. And the other thing is with mantras, is mantras from more of a, you know, from a neurological perspective is really just creating new pathways in your brain that then get you to believe it. So for me, even on the podcast last week, I was saying, you know, my new mantra was around, I am great with money. Uh, Money flows freely out of Mm. my bank account, which allows more space for money to flow into my bank account. And even at the beginning, I probably didn't believe that. But those were the mantras because I'd recognised the stories or the mantras I had had, my old Mm. ones, I was like, right, what are my new ones? And it took a while, but it definitely worked. And it was just kind of, you know, treading the new pathways in your mind Mm. to believe that this is true. And the actions that I'm taking, like you just said, the actions I'm taking every day reinforce this new belief that I have because I'm doing the work around it. Yeah. I think um, something I've noticed because all of my clients are purpose-led businesses and some of them are social enterprise, but they're all very much impact impact businesses. Um, Sorry, my dog's just moving around back there. (laughs) Um, What I've noticed is, yeah, this... um, people are motivated by different things. And so if you're motivated by hitting goals and, and you know, do, 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 um, then making sales and having money come into your bank account might feel really uh, fulfilling. But if you're completely focused on your impact, then you need to find a way of bringing that money mindset motivation to your impact. And that's why I love showing purpose-led business owners that you're, why, how, and what are directly linked to what your money story is going to be. And mm-hmm. if, you're, um, if you can change the way that you think about the word profit, then that could be the, the turning point for you. So I see profit as being the result of a business that's doing everything really well. Mm-hmm. And profit is not just about being greedy or rich or whatever it is. It's if you're pricing is right if your customers love you if your brand works if you're not overspending on your expenses if you're making great investments in your staff you are going to make a profit and so I think if you can link all of those beautiful parts of your business to if I do all of these things right and it's a constant juggle all of these things need to be wiggled all the time then the result is going to be profit And so if you can tie that kind of satisfaction and fulfilment to this is me living out my um, impact, then maybe that could be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, for me, and everybody's going to be different, for me, profit equals freedom. Yeah. So I'm providing for my family. I've got money coming in and I've got freedom to take the day off yesterday because Mm. my husband was in the lab and so I just did homeschooling stuff. So it just gives me the freedom of choice that's what profit equals to me so I think for everyone you know for those who are on um, the live now maybe drop in the chat Mm. what does profit mean to you when you have that money what what does it equate to but it was really interesting I had um I did ask some questions on insta stories Mm. and I said uh you know do you talk about money in your business why or why not 
And uh, one of the comments were being conditioned to keep money private. It's mm. difficult to talk about for this mm. reason. And so I just wanted to ask, I mean, I know that that is a genuine feeling for a lot of people and it might yeah. be something that's carried through from parents. Mm. Um, but what do you think about the whole, you know, something it's just not polite or it's just a bit audacious to talk about money? Like what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a really good point. I've always spoken about money with my friends and I, I think I've done that because I wanted them to feel comfortable to do the same if they wanted to. And I think... Um, you know, this idea that salaries are kept secret within an organisation just upsets me so much because I think, um, oh, I'm, I won't go into that tangent, but I think it leaves a lot of room for um, nepotism and those sorts of things. But, you know, if that's where you're coming from is working in an organisation where no one has a clue what anybody else is being paid, that kind of creates a bit of an issue. If your parents perhaps had financial um, stresses when you were a child or perhaps your grandparents or whoever um, lived with you, that is going to set up a kind of weirdness around or maybe a sort of anxiety around money. And yeah. one of the things I notice, you know, in the first one or two sessions with me with a new client, often I realise that they're actually looking for permission to um, talk about money with someone. And a lot of business owners, even very financially successful ones, um, sorry, my dog is having an absolute party on the bed next to me. I don't know if you can hear him. He's like throwing bit, the boomer around. Um, so, yeah, they're sort of, they're, they're looking for permission to give themselves a pat on the back. Yeah. And often they're not getting that from their tax accountant or their bookkeeper. And so one of the roles that I might play for them would be yeah, just giving them a pat on the back and giving them permission to be proud of the results that they are, um, that they're achieving. And also I'm a big fan of um, being, of appreciating effort mm -hmm. as opposed to appreciating the outcome. And I think that's a great sort of life mantra is to, you know, whether or not you kind of had the success at the end, I think you should be proud of the effort that you put into things because that cultivates that action rather than being tied to whether or not you actually succeeded. Mm, yeah, mm. that's such a good one for sure. Yeah, and I think that like Alice has said, the love of money is the root of all evil. That that they Those are the old, not the old guard, but the old mantras for sure. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, the love of money is the root of all evil. Like, Do you reckon yeah, my... it was rich people who said that so nobody else would, like, <laughs> want any of it? Maybe. They were just, like, but... hoarding all the wealth? <laughs> I find it really interesting. My son, and I've actually videoed this for prosperity, not for any other purpose, um, said to me, like what I said to him, when we, when you think of somebody who's got a lot of money or that they're rich, what do you think? And he mm. goes, well, they must be really bad. And I said to him, Aww. where did you get, like, yeah. where did you get that? I mean, he was probably seven at the time when we had this conversation, but mm. both of my kids, and I don't know if it's from movies, cartoons, like what they watch, but it's mm. like the evil rich person yeah. um, is the one that is doing whatever. Um, but mm. they have got that. And so I now, it's almost like I'm trying to reprogram them where I'm mm. like, but you know, like if you had a lot of money, the amount of good you could do in the world yeah. is incredible. Yep. Like you could 
sponsor children you could build schools you could like give to causes for like you love animals like whatever Mm. it is like it there's it gives you the opportunity to make an impact and Mm. so I'm like trying to I don't know it's like they're like eight and nine I'm like where have they gotten this yeah negative money yeah I think if you went and watched back through a lot of the cartoons that kids watch like I think you know say uh the 100 Dalmatians for example Yes, Cruella Deville. Evil woman who, you know, wants to what do whatever she wants to do. Um, I think it's helpful to think about what the definition of money is. And the definition of money, I'll find it because I've got it written somewhere here. It's um, probably easier for me to read it out than try to remember it. So the definition of money is a current medium of exchange in the form of coins and banknotes. So the reason why I think that's interesting is it's a really boring term. It's not loaded with any kind of emotion. And what money is, it's a it's a valuation method. That's all. Mm. So before we had money, we exchanged things. So we said, I grow corn and you grow um, lettuce. And so you would work out how much corn would trade with how much lettuce. And all that money is doing is it's just putting a value on um, on things. So if I want to buy, um, you know, this particular item, it's going to cost me $500, which is the same amount of value that I could also use to buy this, this, or this. And when you understand that money is simply a method of valuing things, it can take some of that emotional charge out of it. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because somebody else also said that, um, they don't talk about money from fear. Money is a measure of success for many. So mm. there is a fear that it, there's no, I'm not good enough because I didn't earn enough. So even saying, you know, money is obviously that exchange of value, like mm. I, I give you this and you give me that, I think that in our society we've put so <laughs> much more emphasis and meaning on money that it's yeah. power and it's success and it's all these things mm. that I think that that's where a lot of people's mindset does kind of start or yeah um yeah and it doesn't help that we've got this glorification of celebrities too Mm. I think you know I think some of the most incredible people in the world never get to see their um effort rewarded and it's people who are volunteering people who foster children to me are just the most incredible people in the world and I think as you know regular people we don't thank those people for the effort that we're putting in that they're putting in. And mm. so if you're sitting there watching the Kardashians, if that's still a show, and kind of glorifying this idea of being a mega, mega, mega rich person, I don't know anything about the Kardashians, but I've certainly never heard about them doing good with their money. Perhaps they do and I just don't know about it. But I think if you know what you value in life, and so for some people what they value is um, having the freedom to take a Wednesday off and homeschool their kids. And for some people what they value is only working three days a week because they've reduced their living costs to the point that they're really happy and the money that they earn is exactly what they need. You know, for so what some people value is living somewhere really um, affordable and being yeah. able to paint every day and be in the garden. Yeah. So I think mm, it depends well, I think what you value. 
Yeah, and I think that they said a while ago, and, and we've got Nicole's absolutely freedom of choice, and Nikki definitely freedom, but most important mm. one for me is freedom and flexibility for my kids. And I remember they uh, they did a survey ages ago where it was basically like once you start earning more than one hundred twenty thousand, mm. your happiness doesn't change. Yeah, I um, that. and yeah. I think when it gets to over a certain amount, it even comes down a bit. And who knows if that's true or not? Um, yeah. Because then it's kind of like, well, if you're like really wealthy, does that mean that you can't? be happy which is which is kind of how I also mm. saw it but um but I do think that you know um as I said on the podcast as well like I just I've been really struggling with the I always thought I wanted to create a million dollar business like mm. that's obviously isn't that the the goal yeah. like isn't yeah. that what I should be aiming for and if I'm not aiming for that um why am I not aiming for it that sort of thing um mm. and now I'm like but why do I want that like mm. what is what is the benefit outcome reason for me wanting that? And that's kind of where I'm sitting now where I'm like, actually, like my business is really great and I really love mm. it and I have the freedom I want and we live the life that we want right now. So mm. like what am I striving for I think yeah. is my question. Yeah, and I think it doesn't help that, again, there's this glorification of million-dollar yeah. businesses as though they're somehow more valuable or yeah. more whatever it is to, to, you know, the world at large. And I can tell you that, you know, a lot of the clients I work with bring in a lot more than a million dollars a year mm -hmm. depending on their business model. And I wouldn't say that those people are any happier than others because generally, you know, depending on your business model, with more income becomes more responsibility, exactly. more people relying on you. And, um, you know, I think um, understanding what it is that you want for your life is important. But also yeah. I think, like I said before, about how I put this invisible income cap on myself, which is just self-sabotage 101. Yeah. Um, don't put an income cap on your on your business if yeah. you know if you can be aware of this idea that you you know if you um for example think oh well you know my clients are um you know if you're a service business and you say oh my clients are families and there's just no way that they could afford for me to charge this price you're yeah. not allowing those um people to actually access the value that they want to and Emily was talking about that as well. Oh, cool. She always felt bad. She was like, I would charge them and I'd think, oh, like I'm taking money away from them mm. instead of like I'm creating this opportunity for them to have a bigger business or whatever it is that they were buying as well. Mm. So, so, yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. well, hey, we could actually talk about this for yeah. like another three hours, but I am conscious <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yes, my biggest shift came with transformation is in the transaction. I love it. We live a fair yeah. exchange of value. Yeah, absolutely. And I am going to continue this conversation like after today because I think, you know, like you sort of said, us creating spaces for this conversation to be um, available for people mm. to have and be and know that it's okay to talk about this and you know that's something I'm super passionate about in BBA as well is just like you can tell us anything you want about money like are you struggling with it are you being successful with it do you mm. need more help with it like whatever that is so um yeah I love having this conversation with you and I know we've had many chats now. yeah yeah, I think um, I just wanted to say that I think the Barefoot Investor has done a lot for money, um, not confidence, but money transparency. 
Because I I believe that the numbers are quite alarming in terms of how much stress is caused in relationships that are is about money. And so the Barefoot Investor, who I'm sure many people have read uh, the book, it's encouraging couples to actually have monthly discussions about money. And I think it's really important that people do that in their in their life and also yeah creating more spaces in the business world to talk about it in in an open way so not in a let's all get to a million dollar business but let's all work through our money blocks together Mm. yeah absolutely so good yeah and Alice is like yes love Scott babe yeah and I know and I think there's one about money and kids as well that he's written or something like that so I know um I've actually signed up for business chicks is doing um how to teach your kids about money what a great yeah. And I was, and it was like last week, just after I put the podcast out. So, um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I was like, awesome, because I didn't grow up with great money education, and I'm mm. really, and my husband's great with money, but I don't think he's conscious about talking about it. Mm. And so I'm like, I want to be really deliberate and purposeful with how we teach our kids about the money and managing it and those sorts of things. Yeah, so mm. so important. Mm-hmm. Well, so thanks good. for having me, Suze, and have a great my, day, everybody. My pleasure. We'll see <laughs> you later, Faye. Thanks for hanging out. See you, Suze. Bye. Oh, well, ladies, thanks for hanging out. I absolutely, you know that I love this conversation and I'm going to continue to have coffee and conversations. It might be half an hour, it might be an hour, who knows, we can see what happens. But if you do have any questions, let us know. Um, what I'll do is I'll put obviously Fee and Emily's details in the um, in the comments on this live and I'm going to be cutting these lives up and either making them into podcasts or IGTVs as well. But yes, it was an absolutely great way to start today. Kathy, thanks for hanging out. Nicole, Alice, uh, Nikki, uh, Natasha, thank you for hanging out as well. Beck, it was great to see you. Priya, great to have you on as well. And Grace too, and Melissa. So um, thanks to everybody that joined. I know that we had quite a few people on at different times. Um, and hopefully this time slot is great for coffee and conversations. If there is something that you want me to talk about, then let me know. I'm more than happy to do that. But I also think it's just nice to hear people's stories, backgrounds, journeys, all the rest of it um, in just a really casual and chilled out environment. So happy Thursday. I hope that you, uh, hey Kylie, uh, I hope that you have an amazing day and I hope that money flows freely out of your bank account and even more into your bank account. (laughs) And I hope that that's a great mantra for you as well. But thanks for hanging out and I will see you guys later. Have an amazing day. So what did you think of that? Did you enjoy being part of our conversation if you weren't there live? Let me know. I'm really interested to know if you liked that format because I do like to shake things up and I like giving you stuff that's a little bit different as well. Uh, But that's it for another week. So make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast. I would love you to leave a review. As always, you know, it helps other people find us. Come and say hi on the gram and make sure you 
you tag Emily and Fee and myself if you share this as well, which I would love you to do. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do share it with your community and your followers and let us know maybe what your favorite thing was as well. But listen, until next time, have an amazing rest of your week, whatever day it is that you're listening to this podcast and make sure you keep playing big and grinding balls.